You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Editor-in-chief now of Science Magazine, also President Emeritus of Stanford University and former Commissioner of the Food and Drug Administration. Welcome to the Washington Health Report. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. We will be talking mostly about our guest's FDA connection, and our guest is Dr. Donald Kennedy, uh, now, as we say, editor at Science Magazine. Welcome to the program, Dr. Kennedy. Thanks. It's good to be with you. So let's just jump right into the political fray here. Um, I know you can't uh, help but continue to watch your old agency, the FDA, and see what's going on. Uh, Let's just make it bluntly. On a scale of 1 to 10, how are they doing? I guess you'd have to put FDA now at 5 and hoping hoping to work its way up. At five with a bullet, as they say in the music business. Um, so why? What's, uh, what are some of the good things? What are some of the bad things that you see going on now? There are some good things. The good thing, one good thing is that uh, they do have a commissioner in place. I think we've actually had a, a Senate-confirmed commissioner in place for uh, only 20 or 20-plus a few months in the last uh, in the last five or six years. So you don't expect an agency to be able to keep very much momentum if it if it's had leadership that's been that intermittently in place. Is it is it really for those of us who don't know Washington as well as you do? Is it really difficult for an agency to do a lot when it has only an acting director? I mean, there is a big bureaucracy there that grinds along. We would think so. So how crucial is it not to have a real director but merely an acting director? Some things do roll along, as you say. I mean, after all, there's a there's a large and very professional, highly graded uh, civil service component in the agency that, by and large, does the ordinary business. The difficulty is that when somebody is uh, really after a serious problem in the agency, either from the congressional oversight side or from the agency that it's part of, namely the Department of Health and Human Services, it responds slowly. And that bothers people. Uh, They get concerned that there are going to be attacks from the outside on the agency's confidence, and that's a morale problem. So what what are the big problems? When an agency like the FDA slows down, how do do people in the research community and the medical community and the rest of us, how do we feel that? Well, I think Certainly, they feel it through perfectly predictable but understandable uh, controversies over disappointments. The disappointment about Vioxx is one example. Concerns about the use of, of antidepressants in, uh, in young women and children. Uh, uh, questions about whether FDA has in place an adequate monitoring system to do the epidemiology of adverse drug reactions. That's always been a problem. It was a problem in my day. And the appearance of the crisis surrounding Vioxx reminded everybody that that's something we don't do very well. Yeah, you're talking about drugs here, the antidepressants and Vioxx that have been used by probably tens of millions of people. Uh, So this is a huge, huge thing. It's been a very big deal. I think especially the Vioxx lesson is one that our colleagues, the the doctors in the audience, understand. That is, in order to do an adequate assessment of adverse drug reactions, you need a numerator and a denominator. You need to know the number of prescriptions there are out there, and then you know the num- need to know the number of adverse reactions, and you calculate a percentage and decide whether it's in the acceptable range or, or it isn't. Turned out that in the Vioxx case, the only place where you could actually get the data you needed to 
to make that assessment was in the biggest HMO, namely Kaiser. So, the, the I mean, this is the kind of thing that FDA is supposed to do. This is FDA's job to keep things like the Vioxx mess from happening. So what are you saying, that the, that the, the, the agency, there was no way the agency could have done that until those drugs were, you know, so widely used in the general population? Yes, that's right. And I think there are two problems. The first problem is a pretty straightforward funding problem. FDA has been pretty starved budget-wise. Uh, it gets user fees that requires uh, the companies that are testing uh, drugs to make contributions to their assessment. But those funds can't be used for general purposes at FDA, and the Congress has been notably stingy about those. So to upgrade the information technology uh, infrastructure for FDA to do uh, adverse drug reaction monitoring and to create also the legislative background that allows FDA to collect data on prescriptions and to make a, a reporting system more than voluntary, uh, that, that hasn't, been, uh, hasn't been available to it. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. We're talking to Dr. Donald Kennedy, former FDA commissioner about the FDA. So is what you're saying that if the, if the FDA had been given more money by Congress, that in fact the FDA could have done a better job and maybe these many, many deaths related to Vioxx might have been averted? I think it's quite likely, but it might have required, in addition to more money, some additional legislative authority, because it's it's a little politically difficult, for example, to set up a system of requirements that, for example, pharmacists keep triplicate prescriptions and the and the cop and and copies go to a particular place where records are being kept. That requires not only the kind of money that that allows you to do good database management with what you learn, but it also uh, requires some authority to, to require uh, the data collection to take place. Now, the, the, you talked about Congress being stingy in recent years with its funding of FDA. Uh, there, there are schools of thought about drug regulation, and some of which say uh, it ought to be uh, very agile and, and, and even sort of minimal because drugs are very important. We need to get more through the system. Uh, some, you know, at the other end of the spectrum uh, would, would say regulation ought to be ironclad, better slow things down than, than let another Vioxx uh, happen where you know it was Congress's stinginess of uh, a reflection of a philosophy that the FDA should do less, or or was it because Congress had other things to do with its money? How, how do you interpret that? I don't think it was due to a particular position that Congress took with with respect to that issue. Look, the issue is is straight up. We just don't know where the exact point of optimum social utility is between an end that says we got to be very careful and be sure that we don't ever get a case of iatrogenic illness, uh, that is uh, uh, something that we do uh, that to somebody that's bad on account of what we're doing to them medically. Uh, and on the other hand, uh, there are those who feel that, that uh, inhibiting uh, the entrepreneurial and innovation power, a very effective and well-respected industry, gives us a heavier social cost than uh, we would get if we accepted a certain low level of, of uh, adverse drug reaction. So no, nobody knows where the optimum is. And so you, every commissioner of the FDA had to 
contend with the battle between people who thought FDA was lazy and not not active enough and others who thought it was way too active. Now, the uh, relevant to this uh, point, I read, I think it actually may have been in Science Magazine, in, in your magazine, that the FDA was, was near an all-time low last year for the number of drugs that it approved. Is that too low? Uh, you know, what, what, is, what are your views about where this sort of socially optimal point might be, and, and how close is the FDA to it now? Look, a lot depends, Paul, on whether the, the material for new drug registration is coming along fast enough, that is, wh- how active is the, is the industry and how innovative is it now? And then the second issue is how high has FDA set the regulatory hurdle? I'm not aware that it has set the regulatory hurdle significantly higher and that, therefore, you, you ought to blame that as the cause of the lower uh, rate of drug approval. Uh, I've heard some people in the industry say that it was not a very, it's not been a very good time in the past couple of years for the development of really potentially breakthrough new chemical entities. Uh, so I, I think it's not very easy to answer the question who's to blame for the for the lower rate. Uh, certainly, FDA has been underfunded though, and and I think. I think there's very little reason uh, to argue with that. There's an effort now to rescue FDA from the limits that are imposed by the continuing resolution in the Congress. And uh, a group called the FDA Alliance, which, full di- disclosure, I've, I've been trying to help because, because I think it's doing a good thing. What, what, are they, what is that group doing? They're analyzing FDA's budget uh, quite carefully and looking at the history of it. If you look at what has been missing from appropriations in the last few years, uh, their position is that FDA probably ne- needs uh, an appropriation, not including u- user fees, of about $2 billion from the Congress. That would represent a, about a $450 million increase in budget authority over what it got in FY07. And I think I think the argument for that is, is really quite good because there's a, a big need to upgrade its its information technology systems, its database management. It has new expenses of, of a kind most observers aren't aware of. Yet a lot more drugs are being produced under good manufacturing practice regulations in foreign countries, which means that FDA has to has to send inspectors over there. So along these lines, now the, the, you're, you're talking about an increase in the appropriation. You also talked about increases in authority. What would be your prescription for what Congress should do? What kinds of authorities should be added to the FDA? I would like to see a very careful look at the level of authority that is now associated with FDA's capacity to do adverse drug reaction epidemiology. Uh, I don't agree with proposals that would ask the Congress to separate the safety evaluation function from the rest of FDA and give it an independent life, because I think it's very important for safety and efficacy considerations to be thought about together in the same agency by, by the same people. That gets back to that philosophical difference a bit. Some people, I, I guess, would like to see the FDA really look at safety and, and leave efficacy uh, somehow to the market or something. Well, th- th- that's interesting because if, if you think about, for example, uh, dealing with cancer, uh, we regularly approve and we should approve uh, on the basis of their efficacy drugs that are really 
very unsafe drugs. The benefits that they can generate, if appropriately used, are large compared to the very damaging uh, properties that they have. So un- unless you can balance the two, it, it just doesn't make much sense. So the FDA is five on a scale of one to ten, but you're still hoping that it's going to be climbing. I'm very hopeful. I, I think an energetic commissioner, and we will hope that Dr. Eschenbach will be one, can do a lot, not only to move the agency forward, but to raise the the morale of its employees. Well, that will bring us to a close. It's been a fascinating discussion about the Food and Drug Administration with my guest, Dr. Donald Kennedy, a former FDA commissioner in the Carter administration, now the editor-in-chief of Science Magazine. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. You've been listening to the Washington Health Report on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And thanks so much for listening.